Welcome to Power Players in Business and Life with Adrian Richardson, the show where brilliant leaders in business share powerful insider secrets and strategies to succeeding in life and business. Now, here's your host, Adrian. Hey everyone, I'm your host, Adrian Richardson, founder of the Power Players in Business and Life podcast, where I get the honor of interviewing fascinating, big-hearted people who have brilliant minds. Today's guest is Tom Morcus. He's the founder and CEO of Insurgent Publishing and host of In the Trenches and author of The Art of Instigating. Tom is a sought-after marketing and growth consultant whose A-list clientele include high-profile influencers, New York Times and Wall Street Journal bestsellers, and fast growth companies looking to scale to eight and nine figures. And I've had the honor of spending time with Tom in masterminds and other areas. He's also a veteran, uh, which I am myself. And so we connect there and Tom's just a wonderful person. So Tom, I'm so happy to have you here with us today. Adrian, pumped to be here. Yeah. So as I mentioned, you know, you've got some big things going on. You've got your book. I know you've got a podcast and I'd love for you to just kind of share with listeners how you got started because I mentioned you were a military vet but now you're like helping people grow eight and nine figure businesses so can you connect the dots for us a little bit of how you got started yeah well I, I started on the side you know really truly a side hustle you know I was I was in the army so I, I went to West Point spent five years commissioned as an officer uh, really I think even from the time I graduated, I was trying to do stuff on the side, like trying to start my own business, start, you know, I, I got into real estate and did a bunch of different things on the side. So I've always kind of been trying to do that. I've always been, uh, I guess you could say inspired, or that was the goal I had in mind for quite a long time. It was like, I want to, I want to be able to build a business or at least try, um, or, or just get that experience to see if, if I have what it takes, because I guess there's something kind of appealing to my kind of competitor, warrior attitude that it's like, I, I, I believe I should be able to, to make money from scratch. Like I should be able to make money for myself. I shouldn't have to get a job. And that was just kind of like a mental state I had um, when I was in the army because, you know, the paycheck was guaranteed, you know, it's, it's, it's good work and all, but it, it didn't test me in, in that way, like that kind of mm-hmm. creative financial way. And so I started writing on the side when I was in the army. I started a blog, I started a podcast, I started writing and publishing my own books. And then when I actually got out, uh, I was, you know, a company commander in the army and then I got out um, and my wife and I, so we got married uh, and we traveled around the world for a year. So I was like, I'm going to take a year off and just travel. I kind of set that as as something I wanted to do like years ahead of time, like a few years, I think, you know, before I was like, you know, whenever I get out, whether I make it a career or not, um, when I get out, I'm going to take a year off and we're going to travel. And so we did that. And that allowed me, it was kind of a forcing function actually, because it sounds like now that I look back on it now as an adult with kids and I look at like my younger self doing that, I'm like, oh, that looks, that kind of sounds, seems really foolish. But (laughs) you know, for, for me and for my style and for my attitude, it was a good forcing function. I had to figure out how to do this blogging thing. I had to figure out how to do this online marketing thing. I had to figure out how to, to, you know, make money from scratch basically. So we could support ourselves if we wanted to continue that. I was willing to go in debt too, um, you know, for that trip, uh, not, mm-hmm. a, not a ton, but I had saved up some money. So it wasn't like, you know, uh, terrible circumstances, but it was, it was, so it was the right forcing function. Um, and, and that actually kind of is what moved it forward uh, little by little. It was, you know, my email list started to grow. People started to buy my books, download them, share them. 
Uh, I, I started to get inquiries and stuff like that. And, and I've always been on the mindset to just experiment and test things because I didn't know what I wanted to do. I still don't know what I want to do. I feel like that's kind of mm-hmm. every day of my life. It's just like, where am I? What am I, what, you know, what, what do I want to be doing today or, or whatever? And, and that, now that's not, I don't mean that flippantly with the businesses that I, that I have or if I, I work on, but like in terms of like the actual practical, pragmatic implementation part, like mm-hmm. where do I feel like I'm best? I'm still figuring that out for myself, to be honest. So in the beginning, I was like, well, I'm going to try writing and blogging. Okay, cool. That worked. So now I'm going to try, you know, um, publishing books and that worked. And then I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll try publishing other people's books. And so that kind of worked. Um, then I went into coaching, consulting. I've, I kind of dabbled in a bunch of different stuff. So fast forward to where we are today. So that was about five years, five, six years ago, 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and now I have, you know, we're rocking and rolling in search and publishing. Um, and that's kind of just like this umbrella now for a bunch of different stuff. It, it includes books, um, but much more than that. So we publish much more than books. And then also like with some more recent projects where we've just kind of been um, really ramping things up. And I'm sure we'll get into that in terms of launches and stuff like that. So a little bit uh, of everything, but that's kind of how I got it. I just was testing things out, experimenting. I had a desire and I, uh, to, to see if I could do it. And... I just tried to figure things out as I went because I had no experience with this stuff at all. So kind of like you mentioned, it was like in the beginning, you mentioned um, in the, the uh, what was it, masterminds and stuff like that that we've been a part of or connected with. Mm-hmm. That, was a, that was a critical piece was kind of connecting with the right smarter people that are smarter than me. That's the reason I actually started the, the podcast. I was like, I want to interview people who are smarter than me and learn from them. And yeah. uh, that's paid dividends like in so many ways. I love that. So I feel like my time in the military served me so well in all different areas of my life and business. And I'd love to know if there's certain skills or things that you learned in the military that you still use today as part of business. You know, it's, uh, so <laughs> now I'm getting to the point. So I have three kids now. And so back, you know, so six years of no kids, five, six years ago when we were just getting on the army, you know, so it's like a, a drastic change for me. And now I have that kind of perspective. So everything's kind of, I think, that's the new filter for me as mm-hmm. kind of being a father. And uh, that's changed a lot of things for me. And now when I look back and I'm like, I don't know if there's any discernible skills per se. Um, like I was, uh, you know, I mean, like what, what could I do? Like that was one of the reasons why when I was getting out, I was like, um, you know, looking for the, the next thing. And I looked at like re- recruiting firms and they all kind of bored me. They, they just mm-hmm. wanted to put me into a management position. I'm like, I, I don't want to do that for the rest of my life. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I was like, so, but here's the thing that I take with me now, now with that perspective. So there's not like, oh, I learned this particular skill set because I went into transportation logistics. Mm-hmm. Um, so that again, could have been good in some context, but it, like, I don't use any of that right now per se. But what I think mm-hmm. is the real big takeaway is like, now I look back on it. I'm like, okay, I know I have that experience. Like I've been deployed. I've, I've been to war. I've, I've led people in, in combat zones. Um, I've, I've managed millions of dollars worth of equipment you know, I've had, so people, personnel, lives uh, that I'm responsible for. And at the time it was just like, just going through it, just doing what you do. You know what I mean? But now looking back and I'm like, wow, that is actually kind of pretty wild to do as, as a, you know, recent, you know, college grad young, but it's like, so I guess the big takeaway is that because I did it so young um, and I got that experience, it was like going through something really grueling and tough and, yeah. um, uh, and, and high stakes. And so now I just lit, now I have that and for the rest of my life, it's just like in my yeah. back pocket. It's like nothing phases me seriously. And I mean, it just doesn't. Uh, so, yeah. uh, you know, that's, that's it. I guess it's like kind of going through, going through that kind of, um, going through that experience, 
you know, yeah. the, the toughness of it and getting through it. That, that I think is, I don't know, I guess you could say it builds character or something like that, mm-hmm. but uh, you mm-hmm. get the idea. I think that's my big takeaway. It's like, it's built, I guess it built character and it just makes me feel like there's nothing that's, you know, that's going to, that's going to knock me down or, or if it does, I'll get back up and I'll just keep going because you exactly. know, the stakes aren't as high anymore, you know? Um, yeah. And I've been through it. Yeah. I, I find the same thing. Like I, I don't necessarily use the skills in the job that I had in the military, but that grit, that resilience, the mental toughness, the yep. working hard, the doing things you don't want to do even because you have to do them. You know, there's a lot of people in this world that avoid doing things they don't want to do because they suck, but it's like, (laughs) well, you know, I feel like that's a lesson I'm teaching my kids right now. I'm like, listen, sometimes you have to do what you have to do because it has to be done. You don't have to like it, but you got to do it. Uh, (laughs) You know, it's so funny how like this, just the, like the most basic wisdom is also still the most important and the best, but like while you're going through it, it doesn't feel like that. It's like, Oh, this is building character. Thanks. But no, thanks. Like I'll pass, you know, (laughs) I don't need more character. Yeah, exactly. That's how I felt like my, my entire life growing up. But now I look back, I'm like, okay, that's it. That makes a lot of sense. And so like words like resiliency and, uh, you know, fortitude and all these things, Again, when I was young, I kind of used to look at them like, okay, those are just like sound bites or something like that. Yeah. But then I realized what, what it is, it's, it's not something that, you know, is at, it's something that actually I think occurs later on. Like it's, it, it, you, you do it in the moment, you go through the tough, tough times, you get through it, but nothing actually is a transform. I don't think anything's necessarily that transformative at that time when you're going through tough things, like you get through mm-hmm. it, okay, great. But it's like years later, the compound yes. effect of this. That's what I've, I've noticed now. I'm like, wow, okay, I'm glad I did it. Cause like I almost left uh, left West Point, almost quit, you know, and uh, it was just, it was terribly hard for me. And, yeah. uh, you know, all this, like tons of times I could have quit, could have thrown in the towel. And I'm just very, very glad I did not. I went through the hard things and, uh, I'm better for it, you know? And I, I, I don't know. That's just, and again, I'm thinking to myself, well, how do I instill that in my kids? But then I yeah. was like, what is that going to be? It's like, you know, telling them, no, you need to, you need to build character. And then I'm going to, picture myself as a young, young man being told that and thinking, thanks, but no thanks. So I still have to figure out that, that piece of the puzzle is how do I inculcate that or teach that to, to my, my, my kids. And of course, like to anybody else who, you know, maybe I can inspire or help. Yeah. I think you, you, you said something really important that I think people that are listening need to keep in mind is that when you're going through those challenges and those hard things that make you feel like you want to quit, it's, you can look at the situation and see, well, I don't see how this is going to be of any value to me. I don't see how this is going to create anything good. You know, sometimes we're in the middle of that, that challenge of that hard time. And we don't see, like you said, there might not be this immediate benefit from it, but I can look back in my life at every challenge that I've ever had. And there is something that I learned from that. And it might not always be the lesson you want to learn, but I have found that Number one, I always remind myself that it's temporary, right? That, yeah. That's kind of that's how you get through basic training too. Right? Yep. Like this is temporary. This won't last forever. <laughs> um, and that you might not see it right away, but we can look back now. When I first got out of the military, you know, I, I got out of the military because I wanted to do what I wanted to do. I didn't want somebody to tell me what to do anymore. But now that I'm older and I look back, I'm like, that really served a really good purpose for me in my yes. life at the time. And still to today. Um, so I think that's important when people are going through challenges that it's hard to see when you're in the middle of it. How does this benefit me? How is this going to turn into good? But I think we can all look back and say, well, that was temporary. And now that I'm through it, you know, it really had a lot of value for my life. 
Yeah. And again, it's one of those things, once you're past it, it's like now, you know, for either of us to talk about that and look back, it's like you, you kind of were, were reflecting on very much, I think, like very similar things and seeing like the value that was uh, from, from those, you know, experiences that we had. But I would also say to the person who is going to be going through it, because again, you know, once you're past it, it's easy to look back on it and be like, oh, yeah. I'm glad I did that. <laughs> but I know how painful it is going through it. So like, this is the thing, it's discipline. And I know that's also a buzzword, but, but there's truth to it. And you yeah. can get discipline. It doesn't have to be necessarily internal, you know, willpower discipline. It can just be somebody, it can be a drill instructor, you know? And that's what I realized, like in the army, it's like, it was a forcing function for me, for sure. It was like, you know, wake up, class, drill, you know, I was on the boxing team, all the stuff, nonstop, four years, and then five years active duty doing it. You know, it was like, I just had to be there every day. I had to do what I had to do every day. I didn't like yeah. it. I, yeah. I hated it probably most of the time, but I yeah. did it. And now I look back and I'm like, oh yeah, I have to send some emails. I got to do this. I just do it. I just knock yeah. it out. And, and so yeah. it's like, if you're, you're in it, I would say, say this, um, stick, like focus on the one, like, I think, I think discipline is a good thing to focus on. Like, how can I, how can I, div, um, I guess like, um, implement discipline into my life. Again, if you're really strong willpower, you could just say it, I'm going to get up at five and do it. Boom. Great. Otherwise, what forcing functions can you put in place just to do something consistently every day and treat it like a practice, like the, the yeah, like a practice practice is what I mean. You know, like the mm. daily a actions and it right. can be small, S start with something small, but consistent and just, and, and drive through it. Maybe it's 10 calls every morning. Maybe it's 10 emails every, or one, you know, 10 emails every morning. Maybe it's one, one blog post, uh, whatever it is. It doesn't, doesn't, I don't think the thing really matters um, so much as the ability to do it even when you don't want to. And, and that is something that will serve, that will serve you anybody uh, their yeah. whole life, I think. Because it's yes. like, at, 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 the, at the end of the day, it's like, you don't need discipline when things are going well. Do you see what I'm right. saying? Yep. So it's like, mm -hmm. that's exact. The point is you're, you're going to get knocked down. You're going to, you know, you're going to get hurt maybe, or you're, you know, something's not, you're going to have a failed launch or something's not going to go as planned or, you know, life throws curveballs. And, and yeah. I think it's that discipline that you implement early on that lets you get through the hard times and that's critical. So that's my, I, I would say my big, big piece of like advice on that, that front. Um, yeah. Those who are that's, going through it. That's so good to put, you know, put the discipline in when things are going well, <laughs> because then you're in yeah. the practice of doing it and it'll be easier when things are hard. Exactly. So, um, one of the things that I find really interesting is you, uh, kind of when you got started, started doing this pay what you want type of model. And I don't know if you're still doing that today, mm -hmm. but I would love for you to talk about that, that pay what you want model and, and why you did it and how it worked out. Yeah. So this was kind of in that transition period. 2012, 13, kind of getting out of the army. Um, or I think around 2012, I was like, yeah, I'm going to get out. It was like a year out. Uh, and so I, that's when I started the blog and the podcast. And one of the things though, when you start that, how do you make money from a blog? How do you make money from a podcast? Well, you need, you could say like ads, but you need traffic, lots of traffic. Right. Right. And when you're just starting out, so it's, you, you're caught when you're just starting out, you're always uh, in that kind of uh, chicken or egg kind of conundrum mm -hmm. because you want to do something, but to do that thing, you need this other thing or whatever, right? It's always like, well, you know, that's why it's, starting out is so hard. You know, once you get the mm -hmm. momentum though, things get a lot easier. I will tell, tell you for everybody's listening. It's like they do, they do compound over time. If you just keep at it, even if you don't keep doing the same thing, I, I just, I promise that. But uh, you know, on that front, it was like, how do I get paid for this? Um, 
how do I make money from this? And, and so I had two thoughts when I first started first, when I first started writing and blogging, um, I, I was there, I was careful about two things. Uh, one was that I wanted to actually do it in a way that I would enjoy it and that I could keep doing it. So I was really cautious of like how I approached it that way in terms of like, I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to do it this way kind of thing. And just mm-hmm. so that I would keep doing it. I didn't want to do it somebody else's way. I didn't want to do it some, because I, I figured what was most important was that I just do it. Right. So, yeah. so that was important for me. And the second thing was I had to kind of protect my, my ego a little bit, right. Going into, cause I was like, the last thing I want to do is write a, say, write a book and publish it. And then, and then, and I have a, you know, a $3 price tag on it and I get like 10 sales. Like I think yeah. that would have actually kind of crushed my spirit in the beginning. So I was actually didn't put prices on anything. I just, everything I did, I gave away for free, including the books that I that wrote. The first, first book I wrote was The Art of Instigating, gave it away for free. The next one I wo- uh, worked on, it was actually, um, it was notes from Seth Godin's Revolution Conference. And again, went to a Seth Godin conference. Again, while I was in the army, I just like went for a weekend by myself to this thing. I, I, I'd always been inspired by Seth and wanted to see what it was like. And having read all his books and like all his blog posts, it wasn't like I learned anything new, but it was like still pretty cool. And I connected with some really important people who helped me get my start. Like, and that's kind of how these dots really do connect if you go in depth, but that's kind of a, a tangent. What, what happened though was when I was doing that, I asked Seth, hey, you know, so I wrote it, I drew all these pictures for it, I put it together as a PDF and I asked him if I could share it um, on my site with, uh, with people on, you know, get permission. So he gave me permission to do it and what I did was I put a tip jar next to it. And I was mm. like, hey, if you like my writing, you like what I do, um, you can get it for, it's totally free, but if you'd like to tip me here, here, here you, you can, you know, pay, pay for my drink or you can pay for a steak or whatever you want, you know? And right. when I did that the first time, I ended up making about $500, you could say in tips, um, in that first month. And that was, mm-hmm. you know, when I first got that, you know, I got that $5 or $10 donation, that, that $20, you know, um, and it started coming in. I remember it was like a Sunday and I kind of made it live and I started to see that come in and it was like, I made a hundred dollars like on a Sunday. And I was like, that's so interesting. It's so fascinating. <laughs> like, like something you could, I'm you, sitting at home on a Sunday and yeah. I made a hundred dollars. <laughs> I was like, this is so cool. Okay. I was like, this is possible. Here it is a little bit, a small little taste. I was like, I know right. I can do this. And, uh, and then that, again, that, so the one was the, the you know, um, the light bulb that was like, people will pay me for my stuff. Like I'm not, I'm, peop, people like my work or, or I'm, 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 what I'm doing is good enough, right? So that's what I meant about the ego part. Like I'm, I'm my biggest critic. And so I'm the person who's going to shut me down first before anyone else gets the chance to. Right. And that was mm-hmm. my biggest fear. And so I was like, no, this is validation. It's good enough. And I'm going to take this validation. I'm going to shut everything else out. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. Cause you know what? Nobody cares about the haters. Those people are losers. Nobody cares. Nobody's listening, right? But yeah. for, for everybody else, the people that like it, that's who I'm served. That's what, that's what I'm here for. That's the, I'm, I'm, I'm here for you and that's it. And so that was number one. And then the, light, the second light bulb was like, interesting. People will pay money for something they don't have to. Why is that? And so then I kind of went down this rabbit hole. I, th- I thought it was just so fascinating. So I started, I, I launched, you know, my next book, I made pay what you want from the start. It was, um, you know, I, I started doing coaching, consulting, uh, and, and I started selling co- courses, books, consulting, um, advisory type stuff, like the whole gamut. And it was kind of for, I did that for probably a good year, kind of really experimenting in all this, um, interviewing other people who are using kind of pay what you want style models. Um, not necessarily donation per se, but you know, that would tie into it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, it was just like, okay, this is, this is great. It's like, it, it clued me in that 
people will pay money for things that they don't have to if they know they're supporting something that they want to see more of. Mm, so, yeah. so that was like the big thing. So I just, yeah, I did that for, for many years and I still have most of my, most of my books and, and things like that are still pay what you want on my website. And so, yeah, I, I, I have to, I had to pull back on the coaching consulting piece. There's just, you know, just from a demand perspective, that's where it gets mm-hmm. a little, you know, tough, but, uh, but for books and courses, definitely a lot of my digital products, I still maintain pay what you want. And the idea is, I know this stuff is valuable. I also know how to sell it for lots and lots of money. And in fact, I do. Like I help other, I help my clients take something that like, like a, a course, maybe that's not even as good as mine or something like that, or a book or something like that, for instance, um, and get as good as mine. I, what I mean is like, maybe not as like, you know, big or something like that, or maybe, mm-hmm. you know, comparatively speaking, we'll say. Um, and then, and then sell it for 500 bucks, a thousand bucks, 2000 bucks. And it's like, so what I'm saying is, you know, it it could easily go for those prices and I know how to sell it for that. But I found that I personally like the pay what you want style. It's like less pressure on me. I feel better about it. um, And I've just really enjoyed it and it's worked out well enough. And it's been a really good, you know, in terms of, I I think the different, what I've experienced is obviously you're going to make more money using a fixed price. Um, for, for the most part, like that's over time. That's, that's the case. But what I found with pay what you want, I'll just like a quick, quick piece on this for those who are interested mm-hmm. is really, really good for lead generation. Um, and, and then to also maybe like pay for that um, lead generation. So like, you know, people have tripwires and all these other things that you can use as well. But like, I don't know, some about pay what you want has worked really well for me. Um, f- and so then all of a sudden I'm getting people who are opting in like all the time and every now and then I'm getting a dollar or $5, $10 and that adds up. And that at least at a minimum that like pays for my, you know, hosting expenses, my website mm-hmm. and all this other stuff, even if I'm mm-hmm. not making a killing on some of that stuff. And those are now people who have signed up. They're on my email list. Um, there's just tons of value there, obviously. And mm-hmm. you know, the big thing too, I'll just, and I'll leave it at that to wrap it up. It's like, at the end of the day, it's also when that happens, when somebody sees that they sign up, whether they give me a dollar or not, or they, or, or, you know, take it for free or get, give the minimum or whatever it is, it doesn't matter. That's, that's okay. And, and it's because they, they know they could have given me that money and they chose not to. And that's totally okay. I feel like that feels more like a gift than mm-hmm. if it was just like, here's a free lead magnet, sign up. So I'm like, I feel like for that reason, it also feels like a more generous offer. And I found that works really well, at least for my style, because I just, that's just kind of who I am too. Like I like to give a lot as much as I can. And so for me, it kind of sets the stage for when people are introduced to me, what I'm all about, what I care about. And so that we're kind of on the same wavelength. Like um, it just, I think it's a good opener, opener. And then, you know, again, great for lead generation. Yeah. I, I love the idea because or a few things that you, that you mentioned that I just want to recap on is like, number one, it created momentum, right? And, it, and that momentum helped to create confidence. And when we're starting something new or putting something new out there into the world, and if it doesn't go exactly as planned, for some people, it can make them kind of, it can shake their confidence a little yeah. bit and make them think like, okay, am I doing the right thing? Do people even want what I have? Like, what's going on. And so I feel like this is a kind of, kind of like a no pressure way that allows you to put something out and gain momentum and that will help build confidence. And what's really smart too, is that you, you did it with an item and you mentioned like, Hey, you could do this with your services and your Mm -hmm. coaching and stuff. But the the truth is, is that that would be very difficult to do because your calendar is just going to fill up so much and, and you wouldn't be able to keep up with the demand. But if you have a book, you have an info product, you have a video training, you have something that is 
doesn't require you to be present for every transaction. It, it, it does allow you to create some income that comes in and okay, let's say someone pays a dollar or $2 or $3 for this book that you spent time creating and writing. It's going to be delivered to them electronically. That doesn't cost you anything. And now that person is on your list, like you said, and if, and, and they, they get to interact, see what you're all about, see the, read the book. It helps you establish authority and credibility and they could become a client in the future. And rather than you paying for them to get on their list, they paid to get on your list. Exactly. <laughs> I, you, you said it a lot better than I did, Adrian. That was, you, that was a great summary. I was very yeah, long winded, but that you nailed it. That's exactly it. Like everything you just said. Yeah. And, and I you know, I was just to say on the, on the intro, I just want to say this briefly because you did mention it. It's like, yeah, I agree on the services and coaching and that kind of that anything where you have to put your time into. But for those who are just getting started, like people who want to be like a coach or something like that, I listen and you, you could disagree with me here, but it worked for me. So I'm just going to say what I did and, uh, I'm not, I don't know if it's right for everyone, but again, I didn't have a, a terribly long track record or anything like that, but I had some stuff, but the way I was able to get like that first like 10, 10 clients or something like that was, was I, I made my uh, uh, consulting, like pay what you want. And it was, I had to go through a lot of kind of experimentation on that and had to be really careful. And, and you know, sometimes people pay me like, you know, I don't know, I had somebody, you know, one of, one of the companies I was consulting with was like an African telecom company and, you know, different companies around the world and stuff like that. Um, and individuals as well. And so sometimes, you know, so I'd have, I'd get, you know, bigger contributions and smaller contributions, but at what I was doing, was getting experience, building a portfolio. And listen, nobody's going to be upset with your work if you let them decide the price they want to pay for it. And, yeah. you're, you know, and, and if you're not weird, weird about it, obviously. Um, so there's some nuance to that, but it's like also a good way to just kind of, kind of quickly, I think, build up a little bit of a track record. Because if somebody comes to me and is like, hey, I'll do this for you. And then you know, if, you, if it's helpful, you can pay me what you think it's worth. Like that's a yeah. hard offer to refuse. And if you're just getting started, that's how you have to cut through the noise. At least it was yeah. for me. It was, mm -hmm. it, it helped. No, it's great because, and like you said, it's not for everyone, but it's something for the brand newbies to consider because a lot of people are like, well, I'll just offer my services for free in exchange for a testimonial. And there's something about thing, you doing something for free that has a very different psychological and emotional and everything reaction versus pay what you want. Um, it's like, yeah. it just feels very different. And so I think for some people that could be a good way to where they're making money instead of giving away their services for free, it's allowing them to fine tune their skills, learn more about their market and what they want and, and could result in some testimonials. And, and like you said, to yeah. build their portfolio. So it's not a bad idea. It's certainly not a long-term scalable strategy yep. in terms of the services, but it's definitely a good thing for people to consider starting out. Yeah. And again, I did that and I did, uh, I think I definitely took some projects, um, for, I think I, I think when I was just getting started, if I look back on, yeah, a couple projects for sure I took on for free as well, just mm -hmm. to get that base, but it was yeah. a little bit of a mix and this, the free stuff was very particular with the right kind of people who could then, I could leverage their platform. And, and that's exactly what I did. I was like, so, yeah. you know, you find, you know, it's like, what audience do you want to get in front of? Who are some of the biggest people that are already in front of that audience? And then it's like, go help them do something, don't, don't charge or, or make it pay what you want in, in that case. And that was how I kind of got my foot in the door. I, it's yeah. like, it's funny because it's actually so simple. It's so painfully simple. And just most people won't do it because I think, um, 
well, I don't know. I don't want to psychoanalyze why most people won't do it. I just feel like that's always an opportunity for somebody who's just getting started. Just go yeah. find somebody who's doing something that you want to be doing or has access to the audience you want to get, you want to get in front of and go help them do something awesome. And then, yeah. and, and go all the way, finish it, complete it. Boom. And that's the thing. I did that, you know, early on with like a couple of books that we published or marketed and launched. And it's like one massive success that I could use as a public kind of portfolio piece for me was all I needed to get all the clients I needed for the last six years, five, six years. You know what I mean? Like it just yeah. comes. It just, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Um, so I want to transition a little bit and talk yeah. about launches. So Tom, you know, and for those people listening, you know, launches are something that are very popular in the online marketing space. And I think everybody listening will know what a launch is, but for those who mm -hmm. happen to not know what it is, you know, a launch is where you're, you, you spend a, a set period of time, um, announcing and promoting something, some specific offer, some specific sale. And I know that as your business has grown and as you transition, like that has really become a huge focus of what you do. And people come to you um, to help with their yeah. launches and you've had some really huge successes. Mm -hmm. And so I'd like to kind of share uh, with the, the um, audience about, you know, some people say launches are dead. Some people say blogs are dead. Some people say podcasting is dead. Like everybody has an opinion. I'd love to know what you love about launches and why they work so well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's, I want to come back to that idea of like launches and stuff like that being dead, but I will just say, yeah. So the launch, the way I kind of like think about it, at least in my head, cause it is kind of a strange thing. Um, and I'm still not sure that a launch is like the best word for it, but it's like, <laughs> it's the word that everybody uses. You know what I mean? Yeah. I kind of think of it as like uh, an event based marketing campaign. Mm -hmm. And so an event is, uh, you know, it's a thing that's happening. It usually has a start and end date, right? A start time and right. end, end time. So event-based um, online marketing campaign. And, uh, and so what, we've, what I've done in that context, so I've launched books, uh, crowdfunding campaigns, courses, membership sites, um, software like SaaS, uh, virtual summits, um, challenges, you know, I don't know, you name it. And I've probably worked on it at this point. Mm -hmm. And so, so, and then coming back to the idea of, well, is it, is it dead? And it's like, no. I mean, if you look at any of the biggest, biggest uh, say, B2C uh, companies in the world, they all do launches. They all launch. Yep. Mm -hmm. it's, and and yeah. you, you might just not know, see it because if it's done really well, it feels really um, organic. Yes. You know, as the, as the customer, as the person seeing it, uh, engaging with it, it feels natural. It feels, it feels good. It feels, but now that's the thing. Now there's a lot of people who are trying to mimic launches like online and then, um, and then that's where things can get maybe a little messy, um, where, where it's like, if, you know, depending, I guess, on how you're kind of positioning yourself, what you're doing, um, it can come off like legitimately organic and fun and natural or a little forced. Um, yeah. but the big thing is I, I see it as there's no way it's dead. It would be like saying, um, you know, online advertising is dead. It's like, no, yeah. it just, you have to find the right places. You have to find the right right platforms, right? You have to find yeah. the right audience, the right channel. You have to put the numbers together, right? You got to get them. In. So it's like, and you know, all this Adrian, and obviously we've had conversations about that because you do, you do this, you know, you understand mm -hmm. the sales funnel aspect of things. And, and mm -hmm. I know you, you've worked on a lot of evergreen type stuff, although I know you've done launches too. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, when I think about that, I'm like, so what's the difference between a launch and some kind of evergreen funnel? Well, ideally, you know, that the big, the only, the, the main difference, um, obviously beyond the time constraints of it, 
is you should be able to get a lot more um, marketing, uh, you know, oomph from a launch than you could say with an evergreen funnel. And so you could also, you know, you could also launch an evergreen funnel. Like I, I do that stuff all the time too. Like again, with mm-hmm. clients where we might have like, it's the same offer, but we're going to do something special. It's going to, you know, again, an, an example, a simple example is Black Friday. Now that's the simplest one because it's like, oh, we're going to do a discount on our offers. I mean, I think that's the lamest, but easiest, simplest way to do a launch. Yeah. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot more clever or creative things you could do with it. But point is, even if you're just starting from a, a base, uh, you know, f- from a baseline, just trying, you've never done, you never launched anything, but say you have some services or, or products you want to get in front of people, put a, put a date and time on the calendar. If you've never done this before, do it like three or four months out. Um, and, and figure out what you could do for a, you know, a few days or a week or something like that, that would get a lot of people engaging with you or your content or your platform and then put the piece of the puzzle together, run it, and that will amplify everything you're doing. So like when we do a virtual summit, that's the whole point of it. It's like, I want partners who have access to audiences sending traffic to our platform. And the way I do that is, well, with a virtual summit, it's like the, the reason I like virtual summits still to this day, and that's an example of maybe, maybe more of a fad that you were kind mm-hmm. of getting at too, but it still can be effective and it actually is still absolutely effective. And so again, these things, um, don't get too caught up in are they alive or dead uh, kind of thing or if, if they're as effective as they were or not before. It's more like how you can put it to use because old stuff always comes back into uh, use, you know. Um, so, stuff that, that was, you know, hap- you know it's virtual summits are like, you know, the, the online conference stuff from like a decade ago or something like that. Like, the, I forget the term that they used for it at that time. But bottom line is, you know, the, the, the bottom line is I, I, want to, I want to get as much reach and exposure to the right audience as possible with a launch. Like that's the mm-hmm. whole point of it. It's, it's, and so it's like a lead generation kind of thing. It's like traffic lead gen. You know, a lot of people think when they're selling something, it's like, oh, nobody's buying my product. Like it's a pricing thing or it's a pitch thing or whatever. No, it's like 99% of the time it's lead, lead gen. Like mm-hmm. you're not in front of the right person at the right time. Like, yeah, your copy might suck or you need to work on those images or you need to improve a lot of stuff or maybe, you know, all those things. But honestly, nine times out of 10, the people I talk to, they might, they might, think it's all these other things, but it's really, it's like, how are people finding you? Okay. So yeah. with a launch, you can choreograph that and you can leverage. And that's where partners come in, affiliates, influencers. And that's what I've always been big on is in, um, influencer marketing before it was a term for that um, is kind of what I've done. It's like finding people who have awesome platforms already speak to the audience I want to speak to and getting in touch with them and making them a deal. That's like a, a no brainer. Yes. For them to be a part of in terms of promoting or sharing something that I want them to share. And then, you know, boom, bada, bing. It's like, yeah, easier said than done. You know, there's effort and time that goes into coordinating something like this, but I can't, I mean, bang for the buck. Like, unless, again, again, maybe the exception would be like, if you have a really locked down tight sales funnel and you could drive paid traffic, but then as soon as you stop that paid traffic, um, that goes away. You know, Mm -hmm. with a launch and with partners, um, it's similar in that that traffic will fade away, but... But, and this is important, when you work with partners, affiliates, influencers, you've now have an established relationship. That person's going to be much less likely to say promote the exact same thing. So they're not going to promote a competitor. I mean, sometimes they will, um, you know, but it's actually kind of, I look at it as strategically kind of positioning myself in a space and saying, these are the people I want to be aligned with and trying to partner up with them kind of um, purposefully. So I know we covered a lot of ground there. I know a launch has a lot of different components, but I'd say like the core of the launch is just time-based. You can get a lot of energy and hype around something that allows you to get a lot of reach and exposure to audiences. And I think the, 
the most effective way to do that is, is referral-based. So influencer affiliate type marketing where somebody else who has that already proven, you know, platform where people know, like, and trust that person. And that person is referring me or my content or referring, you know, or promoting that launch, then, then we win. Yeah. So is there, um, Oh, time or like, is there, if a business owner is like, well, I don't know if I should do a launch. Are there certain things that they should already have in place or be able to do? Like, do they need to have a budget for paid traffic or do they need to have people that they can go to that can promote them or BJVs? Like what are some necessary things that a business needs to have in place when, before they're ready to do a launch? Yeah. So I think it's like goal is if you don't, if you have a proven, uh, offer, product, uh, or service people have bought it consistently. You've made like, and that amount of money, I don't, it's a, that's up to you. Like just use common sense. Like you kind of know it in your heart, whether something's like proven if it's in the in front of the right person or not, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if yeah. you're already there, it's like, um, and, and you have something that does convert literally then what you want to do, you're just like, you just want to fill the pipeline. Right. And so that's the whole launch is organized around that, getting people into that pipeline. Um, Conversely, if you don't have the proven product, what I would recommend is there's a lot of things you could do, but I, I would can potentially recommend doing kind of like more of a list building launch where it's like mm-hmm. the goal is let's, let's build, build our list. Let's just get in front of people, get people signing up for something, whether it's the newsletter or some freebie. Um, but that kind of being the goal in mind, like you should still have an offer and something you're going to sell on the back end. But the reason I say that kind of like in terms of emphasis, a lot of people who have like kind of starting from scratch or that ask me people ask me questions, or even if they have kind of a good baseline, um, what they want from a launch is they want to grow. They want everything. They want to grow their list and sales and profit and all this stuff. And sometimes Mm -hmm. that happens. Like I have numerous case studies where that has happened, but it's not always the case. And in in the grand scheme of things, it's always going to be the exception to the rule that you can kind of start from scratch and have that happen. Um, Again, we've we've done it. I've seen it happen and you can, but otherwise I think what your focus should be is like, if you have a good, you know, you have something that people would like if they could get in front of it, maybe you have to tweak it or optimize it, but you're still kind of still building and still trying to get that, that portfolio, that track record. Just don't, don't worry about sales of that thing. Just try to focus the launch on how do you grow your readership, your audience, your, your database, whatever, whatever it is. So then it's like your focus should be on lead generation. So then what makes that really effective is trying to get the right people signing up for that list or signing up, uh, you know, mm-hmm. giving, giving you permission to follow up with them, right? And so start small. Think about what could I do to grow my list? Uh, what, could, what, could, what could I do? And who are the, who are the partners of people that could share this with their audience. And if, if, if people from that audience signed up for this would be the, exactly the kind of people that I would want to get in front of to share with them what I'm doing on this front with this service, whatever it is. So start small. And also like, again, I'm, I, in terms of you mentioned a couple of things, like, do you have to do paid traffic, these other things? So my, my mindset is this, I like to do, um, let I, my, my preference is this, that you have some sort of list that you could do a launch to, to test out to your list to make sure that the offer converts, right? And then what I like to do is overlay that with affiliates, influencers, partners for the next launch, whatever that might be. And then I like to do paid traffic after that. So like kind of three launches over the course of a year or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's how I build up into it. A launch yeah. to your own list, wherever it's at, just to, to, you have to, like, I think it's, you just should never do a launch if you've never done one before with partners or paid traffic, to be honest with you. Unless you have like a ton of money to put into it, and you don't mind blowing a lot or wasting a lot. Um, but that's most, most people are not. So, so the critical thing is you have to get some kind of track record of success with your own list and with your own audience. Mm-hmm. Um, then you can overlay that with partners because then you can, those are, 
you know, you, you, you know, you're not just going to be, you know, partners you have to be careful with. You don't want to lead them down the wrong path. They're, they're busy. You don't want to burn bridges by having somebody share something that ends up being, you know, broken or doesn't, right. especially if there's a commission or something like that on the back end, and then you, you kind of burn that relationship. So I'm very careful before I bring partners into something that it's going to be the right fit for them, whether it's going to be a money-making endeavor for them, um, or it's more like a list building effort for, or a list building opportunity for them, or just an exposure opportunity for them. I like to make sure that that's aligned properly, but that I have my ducks in a row so that when that happens, when that time comes, I look good and they look good. Everybody wins. Then only then after that, once I've converted, you know, say my own list or my own traffic, um, partner traffic, then that's usually when I, I roll into paid, paid traffic because it's not usually not going to convert as well as like say referral traffic typically, but mm-hmm. you've, you have the conversions in place. You know, you have something, you have a baseline to work from. Um, I'm a little more nervous starting from scratch with paid traffic, but that's just cause I'm, I mean, maybe more inexperienced with paid traffic than, than partnerships. So that's my, my preference and, and my recommendation start small, start internal list or internal, like whatever you have right in front of you, do something super small, test it out, see how it goes then move into the partnership stuff. And again, if you're not, again, if there's, maybe there's a, a fourth step in there, which is like a list building partner um, item, then you move to a, a partner launch where there's money on the line commissions or you're paying or whatever it might be. And then overlaying that with paid traffic in the future. So now with the, like the launches we do now, I mean, I'm almost, uh, w- almost without, um, without exception, we're, we're doing all of the above, but like, it's, it's really hard to coordinate those things when you're just getting started. Yeah, this is such great advice, Tom, because I know so many business owners, my friends, other people, clients who see other people that are well known doing big launches online, you know, and they, they got paid traffic and they've got affiliate partners and they're doing these big, huge things. And naively, they think that that's what they have to do when they do a launch. And so I love that you kind of broke it down and you're like, listen, there's like different layers of this, different levels of this. And you shouldn't just try to go straight to the top and mimic what you see other people doing. There's a smart way to start doing launches if you've never done them before. And, um, I I think that a lot of people, they look around them and they think, well, I just have to do what everybody else is doing. And so I love that you have kind of this tiered, um, approach to doing this when you're just getting started. Yeah. And, you know, again, cause I think it's, it's, you know, for those who are more advanced, I'm, this is probably just, uh, you know, re- reiterating points that you're already aware of, but for those who are just getting started or beginning or starting in a new, new area or, or, or who maybe aren't new, like new, new, but like have tons of experience, but like maybe the new to the online space, new, to the internet game, so to speak. Right. Yeah. So consultants, coaches, you know, really sophisticated people that are doing great stuff like in person and trying to transition that over to the online space. And I've, mm-hmm. I've worked with a, a number of, of professionals like that. And that's the big thing. It's like, there's going to be so many pieces. There's, there's so many moving parts. You have to get like the baseline stuff in place. Um, decently well, you can always go back. That's the nice thing about online stuff. Like you go back and iterate, you can improve, you know, improve that sales page, but you got to get it up. You know, you can improve the funnel, but you got to get it up. You can improve the sequencing and segmenting and, and you can add all the bells and whistles. You can have the tripwire, you can have the deadline funnel, you can have the upsell, the downsell, the bump offer, you can have the cross sell the, you know, you can do all of it. And we do all of it by the way, (laughs) but you don't do that first. You have to start small. And so here's, here's the challenge for, for anybody who's just getting started. It's like, do something that grows your list by a hundred people. 
Um, that's your goal. Like in the next three months, like do something where you get a hundred people signing up for your, your newsletter or your freebie, whatever that is, whatever you need to do to get a hundred people to sign up for it. If you want to leverage a launch, great. Um, but, but try it by yourself. Maybe you do it as a promo, like you can internally and you do it on social, do whatever platforms you have. Um, again, tons of ways to do this tons and tons of ways. but that should be the first thing like prove that you can put something out there that captivates people enough to pay attention and to, to actually go and take an action when they're super busy in this noisy, noisy world we live in. There's, it's not competition so much you have to worry about as just people are just not paying attention to you and don't yeah. care about you at all. And yeah. there's a million things they care about or that, that will get in their way that will like bing, 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 you know, a thousand notifications at all yeah. times of the day. Even when you're in it, in the middle, in the thick of it and somebody's going through it, it's like, wow, they're, maybe, they're, maybe they're seconds away from like really ready to buy and then it's like, bing, they got a new story update from their Instagram feed and they're out, you know? Yeah. So it's like all this, yeah. you have, it's not so much competition as distraction you're dealing with. And so yeah. see if you, can, if you can cut through the distraction and do it in a small way. So, you, you know, it's like 50, 50 to 100 people. Can you do it in the next, you know, one to, one to three months? And if you could do that, maybe the next thing is just like, okay, let's try to do two or 300 people over the same period of time. So that you can kind of, you figure out the baseline stuff that works. And then, and then you can move into the stuff where it's like, okay, now let's put an offer into that. And maybe we can look into partnerships or other creative ways of doing this. But mm -hmm. like, if you just don't rush to the, to the ladder until you can do that first piece. And I know that is really boring and annoying advice, but it, it is the truth. Yeah. No, it's so good. Tom, this is such good uh, advice and, and tips that you're sharing with people. And I know that we have people listening of all different levels of business. And so what's the best way for people to reach out to you um, to, to find out about working with you if they want to get a launch going? Totally. Just go to tommorkes.com. It's T-O-M-M-O-R-K-E-S.com. Tommorkes.com. You'll, I have a, uh, an ebook on that, that homepage. Uh, it's Launch Hacks. So mm -hmm. literally probably actually the perfect thing for people to check out. That is free. That's not pay what you want. Although I should, I should update that. Um, but <laughs> I really should. Um, but that was, uh, that was like, I, I just looked at, I was like, okay, so all the launches we've done, you know, crowd, crowdfunding record setters, New York times, wall street journal, USA today, bestsellers, six and seven figure launches, you know, for e-courses, membership sites. It's like, what are those things? So I put together like nine, um, nine little like tact. They're more tactical right? Mm -hmm. But it's like pick, the point isn't that you use all of them, nor is the point that you understand even all of them, because I know some of the stuff gets a little, maybe some of them are more complex than others, but you will find, my hope is that you would find one thing from that book that you could implement, say on this next launch, the freebie or the one, you know, where you're trying to actually get, get sales and profit. There's going to be something in there where you can apply. And, and that was my goal. So just go to tomworks.com. You'll find launch hacks right on the that page down, like get it. And then e um, reply to that email and ask me, uh, I think in that email, I, I follow up and say, Hey, what are you working on? Tell me a little bit more about it. But I read and reply to almost, almost every email. I'm, I'm pr pretty busy. It's been, I might be delayed, but reply to me, let me know what you're working on because then I'll say, okay, check out, you know, hack number six. Like that's going to be the one you want to look at. You know what I mean? Or, or I can give you some more personalized guidance on that. Um, and that doesn't offend me at all. Like just sh short, simple email, and, uh, and I'll get back to you on that, but start with the ebook. I think you're, you're going to find something that you like in it. That's fantastic. So everybody go to tommorkis.com and grab that. You're going to find some really juicy stuff in there that you can use no matter what level you're at. And Tom, I just want to thank you so much for being on the show today. I know our listeners got so much value out of everything that you shared and, um, you are a power player, Tom. 
Adrian, thank you so much. I really hope, uh, hope, hope that is the case that everybody did get some good value out of this. I, I do hope so. And again, if anybody has any questions, reach out, please. Um, I'll get, I, I do like to help people as much as I can. And, and your questions help me, you know, I love it when people ask me questions because it gives me good, you know, food for thought. It helps me create content and, and improve what I'm doing. So, um, reach out, let me see how I can help you guys. Awesome. Thanks, Tom. Awesome, Adrian. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Power Players in Business and Life. Be sure to click subscribe. To learn more about Adrian, visit www.wearepowerplay.com. We'll see you next time.